Whatnots review show number 233. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how was your Thanksgiving? It was nice. Watch the whole parade. My favorite thing every year. A Missouri University was the first marching band in the parade. It's not a university I went to, but I felt a deep sense of Missouri pride. Yeah. Yeah, my it's my mom's favorite thing for Thanksgiving is to watch the parade. So they came over. It was their first time here in Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. we, we got to watch the parade and uh, very surprised that the like the big performance at the end that they were like hinting at was not the like, oh, my God, it's Santa again, which he, he was there. But he was Santa was relegated to the end credits uh, and not like. <laughs> He's here. There he is. Okay, and now we can end the show. It was like, and Mariah Carey is here. That's how we're ending the show. And then Santa was like the the end credits. <laughs> well, you can't just go to your local mall and see Mariah Carey. She doesn't send helpers to the mall. There's Santas all over the place. This is a good Santa, but like he doesn't a totally sing. Fine he doesn't Santa. speak. But I'm, waves. I'm always used to Santa being like the like the big thing. Like this is what we're ending mm-hmm. the show with. Except this year they were like, we have something big. We're ending the show with something special. And it was Mariah Carey. So it was just like, oh, interesting. Didn't didn't know they were gonna do that. Switching things up a little bit <laughs> there. So mm-hmm. it was good. It was fun. But if you guys did not know, every week here on the Whatnots Review Show, we have a different story to talk about. It could be a movie, a TV show, a comic, a manga, anime, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and we talk about it. Uh, Melissa, this week we are concluding our coverage of Kaiju Max. We have been covering this comic uh, as one of our end of the month specials uh here on that that we do on on the show we like to pick something that we can stick with for for multiple Mm -hmm. times to its completion instead of just as much as we can do in one Mm -hmm. um so volumes five and six of kaiju max that is what we are covering this week uh Thankfully, there was a little bit less yes. conf- confusion on where and how to to get this on Comixology. Uh, I when we first started this, they did not have that sixth volume on Comixology yet. You could only get the single issues on there. Mm-hmm. But here we are. By 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 time we we got to do it this week, they had that sixth volume on uh, on there. So we got to read volume five and six proper a thanksgiving miracle yeah thank you mariah carey for uh (laughs) helping us out there (laughs) but yeah it was good um melissa do do you do you want to help kind of catch us up with what had been happening on kaiju max and what vaguely happened in this without really spoiling it much plot synopsis ish I will say that as we've gone through this series, it is a lot more episodic than I would have expected. Uh, There's less of an on like the major event that is the climax of the final volume is not anything you really see coming. It wasn't really 
seeded right, yeah. that much throughout the previous volumes, which is not a failing. It's just something that I think is helpful to know going into these books. It's less of an overarching story. There's really good character journeys, but the Absolutely. the journeys they go on are like filled with these little episodes. And last volume, Electric Orb is finally reunited with his kids, and then they were all thrown back into Kaiju Max. So he's there trying to protect his his little boy who's there in Kaiju Max with him. He puts a hit out on Zahn, the worst guy, and yep. his daughter is struggling over there in the the ladies' wing of Kaiju Max. And she starts a relationship with uh, Dr. Zhang, uh, Dr. Jean Zhang, who uh, yep. is a human who got stuck in like giant al- Ultraman form and did a crime. And they're like, you're too big for human prisons. We have to send you to Kaiju Max. <laughs> She's still there. She's still yep. there. They haven't solved that problem. She's still big. She <laughs> Will she ever get small again? Who knows? But in this volume, we see a a war has been brewing amongst various alien entities on the fringes of the story. They are coming here to attack Earth. And the various Kaijumax prisoners can volunteer to serve in this war. And they're going to get, like, clemency for minor crimes. They could get time off for good behavior. Like, it is a good deal for them. And Electrogore in particular takes advantage of this because he's like, oh, my daughter's probably going to sign up for this thing out there in the battlefield. Like I can see her again. Right. The way I haven't been able to visit her here in the prison system. So you see these characters like leave the prison for the first time in ages. And it's about them uh, exploring the small sense of freedom and what they do with it and who they encounter and how it changes them on this journey. And I, I do have to say volume five also covered uh, like the, the inmates who are on death row. I, which, yeah. The, to be honest, Melissa, I can't believe you didn't mention that because there are two characters in there that I, 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 I was like instantly. Melissa is going <laughs> to love these characters. They, they were the highlight of the book. For, the highlight of the series <laughs> for me, honestly, is what a perfect parody he does of some of my favorite characters. But again, like that's stuff that doesn't really have a lot going to it or a lot coming from it. And it takes us right. away from yeah. like we started this journey thinking Electrogore, that's a protagonist. But we spend over half of this book overall away from Electrogore or like away from his family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's uh kind of where this book ends up. Is it it just each volume is kind of a more like you said, self-contained episode, mm. uh, a different aspect of prison life or prison economy or the like how the world reacts around it. Uh, mm-hmm. Different aspects of of how you might explore that th- that theme. Uh, and then, of course, since it's all about kaiju, you have to mix in like giant monsters at attacking and alien invasions and and stuff like that um yeah so these books are never boring they're never slow there's always something that's happening that's going on uh and yeah i i I think that uh, that is a real strength of the book here um so 
Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, now that we have read all of that, Melissa, what did you think of these final two volumes here? You can really see the storytelling and the artistry elevate from the previous volumes. I think the most emotionally striking things and the most visually arresting things are in these final volumes. And again, it's particularly dealing with stuff that is new with these characters who are new or have just been like very small appearances up until now. It's amazing that this doesn't even happen with the characters we have spent the most time with. Like even with characters he hasn't spent as much time with Xander Cannon can still like really know how to deliver a punch to you with them. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows the best emotional beat to hit, not just on the main characters, but on the characters who've existed for like three pages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I enjoyed these final two volumes a lot. I, I, I think the maturity level in which it, Xander Cannon is t- <laughs> telling mm. these stories uh, yeah, well, like you said, like you can just see the difference from like where it was volume one to where it ends up in volume six here. Um, even some of the, the the artwork, right? Just the the way light is shining on some of these mm-hmm. characters, uh, the 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 way that these stories are depicted, where it flashes back and forth between these two stories. I I just think it's it's incredible storytelling. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. We did get an answer to a mystery that we uh, we, we we started in volumes one yeah. and two uh, that I, I was very satisfied with. And that was also one of the more emotional moments of this book. What What is like. It, it, it is it is this like side story throughout all of the volumes it's in there but it just it's not it's never the main focus mm-hmm. uh and then it 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 hits you in in these last two volumes here so i have to say i think kaiju max is a success i i like yes. it a lot i think this was a great book and like we've said on the past two times that we've covered it it's just a lot of fun it's so good (laughs) it really is yeah as much as the uh storytelling and the themes mature in this volume in in these final two volumes we read they're also just as silly as they have ever been like one of the silliest jokes (laughs) is in this final two volumes it's a joke that's so good like you don't even laugh your head just like elevates (laughs) elevates <laughs> like you're on a new profound level of being after seeing this joke it's above laughter yeah uh i i do have to say because we read these volumes individually and we did not read the like mm. deluxe edition yeah. uh we did not get the like Xander cannon's uh like commentary underneath uh, which I, even though I didn't read every single one of those comments in the past, I did like having that in there. Yeah. And there were I, I don't remember what they were off the top of my head, but there were a couple times that I was like, "Ooh, I wish I knew what yes. this was a reference to. And I just I d- didn't have that note to be like, this is a reference to this thing. Um but it, yeah, I, I I enjoyed this book a lot. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. Um, it it was a blast for sure, for sure. Um, cool. Well, 
I, I don't really have anything else that's like spoiler free to, mm-hmm. to mention about this um, book, except that I guess volume five also does like a real interesting spoof on P- Pokemon. Uh, yes, which I, I like, was not expecting, but that was good. Right. Like that is such a treat and not just Pokemon. Like it's specifically Pokemon, the anime. There's stuff from the video yeah. games and the card games and the anime, like a lot of different aspects of Pokemon get in there not just like the visual iconography of what you see as just a person living in the world for the past 25 years but their sincere attention was paid to pokemon the show and yes uh, that yeah. really had my heart what a treat Abs- what a joy absolutely it, it was another one of those things just like when uh in the first two volumes when we got to see all the like cthulhu mythos monsters yeah. and and and, st- and stuff like that it was like oh yeah those are monsters there, there there is like lore and mythology with that i just didn't expect that to be in this book with a name like yeah. kaiju like i specifically think of like japanese monsters when i think of kaiju so it's it's a real treat sometimes to see where this book is like oh pokemon yeah those are pocket monsters yeah that, that makes sense mm-hmm. right like neat stuff so i had a blast that said, uh, let's take mm. a quick break and we will do some housekeeping. Uh, and then when we get back, we will dive into spoilers uh, for this book. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in the whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at the whatnots, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We love you a lot. Thank you. It means a ton. Uh, For those of you at the $3 tier, don't forget uh, that this month, this November uh, in 2022, uh, we covered uh, Mystery Incorporated on the Pilots Club. It was a live action fan made Scooby-Doo series. We covered the Pilots on that one and coming up in december we are doing one on the pilot of smash melissa what was the the pitch for that one again smash was a show about the production of a broadway musical that okay when it was airing it seemed like it was a show that people like it has the sort of reputation of something like riverdale or glee where it's like, this is preposterous. 
I love it. Sure. <laughs> this yeah. is so dumb. I have to watch all of it. It's one Hot of those. Garbage, but I love it, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought coming off of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with those Broadway numbers in it, let's watch the show about a, a Broadway musical. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So be on the lookout for that in December. Uh, that's what will be up on the Pilots Club. Uh, cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. It's been bit of a strange time because we just had thanksgiving here so things got delayed or pushed around we're recording this podcast a little bit later than we normally do uh but we have our first half of our uh reaction review theory discussion mm. coverage of 1899 on netflix yeah. um and we will be doing our second half of that uh this next week so be on the lookout for that uh, that's been a very exciting show. My mom was asking me about about that. Oh. Like somehow she had heard about the show. And I was like, I didn't think you would have even known about that show. <laughs> but uh, it somehow made her radar, too. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. On the captain's log, of course, we took the week off this past week. Uh, but the start of December, which is coming up real soon here, be on the lookout oh. for our Rotten Tomatoes movie prediction game. We will be checking the results from this past year as well as doing our uh, our stuff for this next year. P picking out 20 or so movies that are coming out in 2023 and trying to predict what the Rotten Tomatoes score will be for each of them. So mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then, of course... Here on the review show, we are about to start our holiday picks here in December uh, next week, uh, which will remind you again at the end of the show is the uh, the the Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, mm -hmm. Is that it? That's right. That's the name of it, right? Yes. A Muppets Christmas. Yeah, Carol? it might okay. be I've... like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet is an adjective, not a noun. I don't. Rem it's that. I it's you. that. You go to Disney okay. Plus and there it is. There it is, indeed. So lots of lots of fun and exciting stuff coming up here on the Whatnots. Uh, but without further ado, let's get back to Kaiju Max with some spoilers. There we go. Okay. Um, the Pokemon is where... Pokemon! Where, so, so this one is really, really interesting because each of the volumes, like we said, end up being episodic in a way but they also they're pulling in different references not only from like the monster design and the tattoos on the monster uh but even some of the like the plots or the slang that they have right they're all yeah. references to this volume five to me was really really interesting because i think within the first like page or or two it hits you with three <laughs> major things right it's yeah. pokemon like very obviously it's it's a spoof on pokemon but yes. the the, the mon it's it's reversed right where the monsters are using humans to battle each other yeah but then the like volume five is entitled the orange mile which is then, of course, the the, the Green Mile, right? The, the, mm. the famous Mayovi uh, about the, the inmates on Death Row there. But then also Eight Mile, which the the, the ah! 
the human that they send out is this like scrawny white kid that looks like Eminem. That he like this. It's supposed to be like some kind. I mean, they're physically fighting, but I think it's also supposed to be like a spoof on yes. like a rap battle. Yes there yes which is really interesting and i man that that would like i i so many layers like, yeah i felt like volume five came out really sh- strongly yeah um and yeah it, it was such a pleasant surprise then to have this like pokemon metaphor and easter eggs and references just continue the entire volume uh, <laughs> So let's dive into that. Yeah, this we go ahead. This this is a storyline that had a little bit of setup to where some of the the characters within Kaiju Max would reference the Dawn. Like the Dawn is their Dawn. It's their crime boss who's like outside, and we see that the this crime boss has finally been arrested. Is brought into Kaiju Max. Is going to stand trial could get the death penalty and Pikadon. we've only heard this yeah we've, we've only <laughs> heard their name alluded to and finally we see it it's a big big green uh officially different from pikachu a character called the pikaton and he's Legally so tough Pikadon. looking yeah <laughs> and they delay it for so long to where it's like he's in court and they're grilling him in court and they're like do is, is that what you said you did? What What is your reaction to this? And that's when he finally says, Pika. <laughs> like, yeah. They hold back on the reveal that no, he only says his own name. He still only says that, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Um, but, but yeah, like he, like, again, he's another one of these giant kaiju mm. that have all of these, like, tattoos and, and yeah. stuff on, on him, which are just continued re- references to Pokemon. I forget the ones that are on there, but they're they're all very blatant uh, yeah. of of just like oh that's yeah the, another the, like that's a reference to the theme song yeah. or that's a reference to the card game or just in in general like uh like untrained or something like that. Yeah, like, that, never like, fled. Uh, right. Get yeah. that spray. <laughs> um. But uh, then, so they, the lawyers that are assigned to his case are late. They don't show up. You don't know who they are, but like their assistant is this just kind of like it, it's hard to like, what was he supposed to look like? Did they did? Was that supposed his, to be a reference to is, something too? His name is Gonkle. And if you picture whatever a gonkle is in your head, he looks like that. He looks kind of like, uh, right. he reminded me of Bartok from Anastasia. He's like a weird little bat guy. Yeah. But he's got like, re- oh, the Simpsons episode where Lisa needs braces and the dentist is oh. showing the progression of, well, if you don't get Lisa braces in five years, this is what her teeth will look like. He's got those teeth. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, he he looked like something like it it was one of those things of like I wish I knew if this was a reference to something, but I don't know for sure. Um mm. but yeah, and he's just this like annoying little guy. He's like I'm the the lawyer's assistant in in intern something something and you're just like yeah. oh no this guy has no idea what he's, he's also, doing he like, also has bad. a lot of lewis tully 
from Ghostbusters 2 specifically. Sure, yeah. Um, and eventually the lawyers show up. There's two of them. And they're brother and sister. <laughs> they are they not. Show up it's rhyming. Un- I don't think they are. <laughs> or, well, they I, are. I, I don't know, but I did. They're the, a pair. Like they're an an absolute team rocket. Like, and they yes, were. It's team. It's, it's a team rocket spoof. And I was like, Melissa is going nuts reading this book. She loves this. I guarantee it. <laughs> team Rocket, my favorite characters in fiction. This is such a loving tribute to them. Characters who are anime specific. So if you're talking about just Pokemon, right. the the entity, like you're you're not always well, going to get to them. You're going to focus more on like, oh, things within the card game, things in the video game. The protagonist, this is show, the protagonist of the show, Ash. Like not a lot right, of Pokemon yeah. parodies get deep enough to get to Team Rocket. But well, it's, they're my it's, favorites. And this is Team Rocket is in the games, but it's you don't get Jesse and James specifically. Exactly. Is, is exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, here they are. Immediately, I knew I was like, Melissa's going to have a blast with this. And the, the whole like rhyme that they do is the same cadence. It's the it's the yes! same rhyme scheme. Yes! It's just like, oh, this is great. But they have their whole like right. lawyer spiel that they 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 do with that amazing it was it was so good i was so impressed at how much care was put into this like their body language the poses they do while they do this extended legal motto perfect spot on this thing even ends with them blasting off into space with the little starlight burst it's all there (laughs) cinder cannon thank you i felt seen yeah, which is is interesting because when they did the spoof on Hamilton, like we at least got the like art homage. We, we got the homages yeah. to that. But Hamilton hasn't been like blasted in my brain enough that I know, like if I'm reading the lyrics mm. that like Green Humongo <laughs> is saying that I know how to match that up to whatever so- song that it's supposed like, I don't know if that like if. Xander Cannon was taking a specific song from Hamilton and like changing the lyrics to that to fit that same rhyme scheme and stuff. Like I I can't recognize yeah. that off the t- t- top of my my head. But the 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 team rocket uh, thing just immediately like that first line. I was like, oh, he nailed it. Here we go. Buck yes, rock. let's go. <laughs> I I. Love it. <laughs> that was the highlight of the book to me. And. Oh, you, you ever start a sentence and then your ba- your laptop's like, you need to plug me in. Oh. I had to do that. <laughs> the joke I was referring to, like the best joke in this entire series is when Picadon does not get off on trial. Like he is given the death penalty and he's given this Pokemon style last rites by some sort of priest. And the priest is reading like the 23rd Psalm, but it's a Pokemon version. Like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of Mount Moon or something like that. It's, I forget everything right, in yeah. it, but it's really good. And you see him holding up a book. Then, like, there, it changes panels and you cut over his shoulder and he's just holding a binder of Pokemon cards. 
It's great. Yeah. That, that joke is next level. Like if he if you flipped over his shoulder and he's reading like that Pokemon handbook all of us got from the Scholastic Book Fair in the year 2000, I would have yep. laughed. But the fact that it's not even a book of any kind, it's a trading card binder. He's reading yeah. the psalm off a trading card. Incredible. Profound. Amazing. It, yeah, it, it was so good. Um, but yeah, that is so also like as as much as I said at the start that I think the maturity level of the storytelling by the end of this uh, was a lot better. I also feel like there was more happening within these books, especially mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. kept switching back and forth. Um, so I, I might need a little bit of help to like remind myself of what was happening there so he got arrested at the like human Mm -hmm. battling dojo uh gym battle yeah thing right uh but his story also coincides with and i forget her name the one warden that was like extra hard on the prisoners yes uh, that showed up to i think audit the prison yeah and make sure everything was running so we get a lot more of her backstory uh and like all of that stuff and how it fits in and they kind of her her thing is happening at the same time as that right it didn't have anything to do with Picadon's no, those story, are right. No, those are separate stories. They're just both. That's what I thought. Okay, at the same courthouse, and the way they do the courthouse is really interesting because there's characters yes. all over the earth and all over the galaxy. So it's like you put on like a VR helmet and you're inside. You're projected inside this like crystal wire frame, like outside of time courthouse. It's really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I liked that a, a lot. Like, why not? Es- especially if you are dealing with mm-hmm. a prison and some of these people can't really be released to do like to, to get out to some court date because they might be dangerous. Having a v- v- VR space is kind of interesting. Yeah. To to tackle that 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 issue there. Um so yeah, so I th- that was one of the things that I had to clear up is 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 like I I I felt like they were separate stories and they are, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't entirely sure since they were all in that same space there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, on 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 top of that, we're getting more backstory of and I need to look up her name here so I I know um what it is uh. No, I don't see it in the thing. Let me see if I can look it up just in the comic itself here. Um, Comicsology. It's going to take me a little bit to find this. Uh, (laughs) It has to download again. Dang it. Oh, well. Um, So, yeah, we we get more of the kind of I'm going to go with Osamu tezuka style backstory right where like she was a kid and somehow got involved with these scientists who like made this giant robot uh and and i i forget Mm. exactly how her 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 backstory went but it it also seemed to be kind of a tragic uh 
one here and it mm-hmm, added mm-hmm. to her character but then there was also the question of the, uh, like she i guess one day responded to an event where yeah. one of her colleagues had died the there was a monster nearby and that was the one who was arrested and put in uh in prison and they you know, they had a life sentence all of this stuff and then there's this alien from outer space who's trying to yeah. like uh get this guy freed because new evidence has come mm-hmm. to light uh and that one was interesting to me because the 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 twist with that is that the what what we, we thought was a monster right just this like crab like monster it's a um, snail it's a huge a snail, snail. Right, yeah it is is actually like a giant robot and no one knew and like it's hollowed out on the inside right and there were all those people inside it right well well i don't think it's a robot i think it is a living being but yeah if this is a kaiju that's like stories and stories and stories tall with this massive shell there's an entire civilization of people living right. in the empty space inside the shell so like they have been imprisoned for decades <laughs> and like nobody has told anybody because it's like they live there in secret it seems like the snail is like their god and so like they're trying to get the snail monster out of prison where it's like he he was on the scene but like there was no way that that injury to that officer could have been caused by my client like he, we have new uh dna evidence now you have to let him go yeah, and that lawyer, he says that he's like projecting from outer space, but then it turns out he is projecting from inside the snail. Everybody lives mm. inside the snail. And the snail is their god, their their ship, their home. And now the the snail can be released and now they can yeah. be free. Yeah. That 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 was an, a re- really really interesting twist. Yeah. Uh with cuz I mean, yeah, like we we get these g- giant like robot things and it's usually only one person inside them except for the the voltron prison guards at the the women's prison um but yeah you usually only have like one person inside there or it's an ai that runs the the Mm. the thing there but this was something i i and again like i'm not as familiar with kaiju movies or stuff like that i wonder if something like that had been explored before in some other kaiju movie Mm -hmm. um that yeah since they are so big like is there an ecosystem on them in them like do they have some like that's that's really interesting um so yeah i i I enjoyed that one a lot that was a good twist that i did not see coming that one also felt like even just the like the like those those 1950s like sci-fi movies or even mm-hmm. like the twilight zone uh yeah thing, where, like it has this this tw- this tw- twist at the end that like it's not the 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 thing is not a monster by itself but there's people inside it oh my goodness right um so yeah i yeah and i i i thought volume five was really really good came out swinging i think it stayed strong um, I just I, I felt like because the earlier volumes had felt a lot more singular in the story they mm. were telling and these last two start to jump around a little bit or do these yes. like parallel stories, uh, which it, it read a lot better 
to me it read faster uh in in mm. a weird way um but I so. I, yeah, yeah. It, it it just because it's a little bit more mature mature, mature it felt a little bit more complex and i had to be like all right wait what yeah. what's happening here again um yeah and the the third story in volume five like volume five really does not spend a lot of time with electrogore like if right. i was introducing kaiju max to somebody new i would say this character who you're starting out with in volume one he's always around but the perspective is going to shift away from him a lot like that has been a surprise for me again not a bad surprise just like i, I wish i kind of had that mindset going into this book like mm-hmm. you are going to see stories from all of these people and you are going to spend a lot of time away from who you think the main character is. But also yeah. nobody really usurps him as being the main character. So we get the story about Sharkmon, who is this big, like would be terrifying, but is very gentle monster on Kaiju Max. We were introduced to it at the very end of the previous volume. Who This is the one who adopted Daniel. After he yeah. had to cross the river and had his goat demon powers taken away. And now he's just a regular goat. Like he's adopted. He's adopted Daniel the goat. And he set up a business where he's like the barber of Kaiju Max. And there's like a plant monster who comes in and he just holds Daniel up to his head. And he starts eating at his vine hair. It's very cute. It's good stuff. But a new monster comes in called uh, Sprinkles the Unidragon. Yes. And those two start a romance. And then one of the gangs is pressuring Sharkmon to look. They like they think uh, Sprinkles is a snitch. They're like yeah. sneaking. They, they, like, they want info on him. They want dirt on him. And Sharkmon doesn't know anything. So like I think he sends Daniel into the, the main offices to go in and like get a file or something. And he's flipping through the file and he learns about what it is that Sprinkles did. Sprinkles gives like plucks off the horn out of his head and then like it grows back instantly. So like he takes the horn and he becomes like the horn, right? Yeah, right. He's the prison tattoo artist now. He starts up this tattoo business, giving everybody these really cool neon tats. But whatever ink is inside the horn will like give you this drug trip that's like beautiful and terrifying. And we learned that it seems that he can kind of control like the severity of it too. like if he wants to give someone a more pleasant time, he can kind Mm, of control mm. it. It it seemed like it also kind of doubled as this uh, like agent of mind control to to an extent. Not that he could actually make them like now go like hug and kiss Mm. that guy. Right. But like more so they were locked in their mind and he could control the dream, yeah. the, the the trip that they were having, yeah. uh, which yeah. was interesting. And you don't know why he landed in Kaiju Max. This is not a character I think we've had any allusions to in the past. Right. Like, we've got the characters we know. There's the characters we kind of know by name. Like, we'd heard of the Dawn, or there will be, like, places or different, like, planets or alien races we've heard of. But I think Sprinkles was new. And he's more in that, like, 1980s, my little pony like care bear sort of style and sharkmon is opening his file and he learns what sprinkles did to get into kaiju max and we see him like uh, giving like magic candy to children and the children like have these incredible 
dreams, these incredible visions, and he lures all of them onto a school bus. And you see this beautiful panel structure where he's out in like the foggy bay of San Francisco, it looks like. And he's got this bus full of these like high, like fantastical children. And you see him just panel by panel, walk a little farther, a little farther, a little farther out into this foggy bay where he's like the one thing in the middle of this gray, misty panel. And then he just pops the entire bus in his mouth and eats it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is... We've seen monsters like destroy things, eat people, but never in such a like premeditated, like purposeful way. Like I am going to lure an entire bus of children and pop that whole bus in my mouth (laughs) like it's a garlic knot. Chop, chop. I'm going to eat all these kids. Yeah, it it is like I I feel like it was one of the stereotypical things that like our generation heard growing (laughs) up of of just like, don't take candy from strangers or right right, or like and that's exactly what he did is he got all of these kids to eat this like magical candy and it was so good and yummy and and, like rainbows Mm -hmm. and double fist and cotton candy now and all of that good (laughs) stuff and uh it like yeah they, they he just walked out and was like all right lunchtime here we go pop in yep. that is some of the best visual storytelling in the entire series i think i love yeah. those panels yeah indeed um yeah that one was interesting too because that one did take us back to uh kaiju max whereas most of the rest of this yeah. book was in this like vr space right um so that was interesting to to see, but then uh, kind of like I had predicted. Well, not exactly, but like I I knew that there'd be something at the end, like there'd be some kind of like monster attack or mm. invasion mm. or something. Um, but in volume six, this is not really what I kind of expected. Um, I, I I think I was expecting maybe more so the prison to go downhill so much that the monsters kind of got loose or that. Oh yeah. Like the corruption was so bad that that was like, it was kind of not taken over, but it it, like stuff just kind of started to fall by the wayside more. That's more what I was expecting. So Mm -hmm. that we would get this like monster breakout or the the fact that they went back to this monster that like oh he's supposed to be the the like biggest most meanest but like i was kind of expecting like something to happen to him which they started to go down Mm. that that route but i was expecting him to somehow pop pop off uh and just go on a rampage and maybe a number of the monsters had to team up or something at the end um but who knows um but Mm -hmm. that is not what we got here we did however get an alien invasion a a a multiple alien invasion um which in a weird way also kind of took a back seat like that is just the like set dressing to what is happening like you're you're not actually seeing the aliens really come down you see them the kaiju get enlisted to help uh, fight the the aliens away. But the stories really focus more so on the character journeys of a couple mm-hmm. of the characters that we have already seen in this story. It's not 
it's not re- really about the invasion per se. Um, and one of those characters is Woofie. I, I, oh. I, this man, we got to talk about our boy Woofie here. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what I was alluding to at the start where we got the answer to a mystery that I was interested in from when it was introduced. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things of like, I hope we get more of this because this is weird. Does this uh, does this little kid that he keeps seeing, does he exist? What's happening here? Um, so I, I uh, just to remind everyone of Woofy's story, he was kind of this smaller, inconsequential monster, but he kept mm. seeing this younger kid that was in the prison with him. And it was unclear of if this kid is real, if he snuck in the prison or if this was a hallucination or an imaginary friend, mm-hmm. something like that. But this kid kept pushing him to 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 be the monster that he knows he, yeah. he is right do do bad stuff do evil stuff um and that resulted in woofy uh, like poisoning his father and then eventually g- growing up into the same kind of monster that his father mm. was i guess evolving in a similar way to p- yeah. pokemon uh not that woofy is really supposed to be a pokemon but just in that same way mm. right he changes forms uh and yeah he is this like terrifying looking monster but he's still like trying to do his own thing and stay out of of, of stuff yeah there. and i think by the end of uh volume four he was really having a problem with this kid that he keeps seeing to the point where i think at one point he squishes him uh mm. and 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 that's kind of all that we see of him by the end of that one if i'm not mistaken but here in this volume the kid is back however the kid is this like like beat up bloodied like his guts are hanging out one of his arms is just a bone yeah he's like i know you're a monster you're a terrible person like all that stuff uh so it is like okay this kid is definitely not real like he is hallucinating this or this is some imaginary friend um but as the story continues we learn a little bit more about woofy's backstory and why his father was arrested why he was arrested and put in jail when he was also so young is that yeah there was like his father was destroying this town i think were they trying to keep something away from the town and just in the collateral like ended up destroying a bunch of stuff or was the dad actually just rampaging i think ape whale out there rampaging but his son woofy is like innocent little boy like didn't want to rampage his dad knows dad's friend kept pushing him and he's like no i don't want to do that like i kind of like these people i want to help these people and he like uh, got pushed into it or like destroyed something by accident. And Take that's what's been day, right? haunting him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, well, it, it's it's not ju- 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 just that he was there the day his father was rampaging. But he has this very specific memory of amidst all of the destruction yes. and chaos. He saw this one little boy. This a little small kid in this yellow baseball hat 
uh, and lost track of the kid. So he never knew exactly what happened to the kid. And so in his mind, this is the thing that is scaring him the most of what happened to that kid. Did he die? Did he get squished? Did I eat him? Did my dad eat him? Did he get crushed by a car? Who knows what? Um, and, And this is the thing that's haunting him. And he made eye contact with this kid. And so he's he's also thinking, like, if that kid survived, like, what does he think of me? Like, what what must what was going through this kid's mind as he saw me as we we locked eyes here? And that is where mm-hmm. we get this like hallucination of this little kid just being like, I know you're a terrible monster. <gasps> you, you should just do all these bad things. Right. Um, and. What we see is that there is, I guess, this like prison or prisoner like rehabilitation program mm. or, or like reconciliation program yes. is maybe a better word where victims of some of these monster rampages can come to the prison and confront these monsters and and have an open dialogue where Mm. some of these monsters now are remorseful. They want to change, right? They want to apologize or some, sometimes they need to have the discussion to be like, Hey, I wasn't actually rampaging. You misunderstood. Like I was trying to help you. I was trying to save you, but I'm just so big. Like I, I, can't help it It, like it's it's just my circumstances um and so yeah the idea is to have this open discussion where they can kind of talk it out and see if that helps and it doesn't necessarily go great um but woofy ends up coming back for a second time uh and he's like one of the only people that come back uh and on Mm. the victims side there's only like one other person that is dead and i think he's the one that is running the program the mayor yeah it's the mayor of the town and he had brought in all of these senior citizens who were alive or adults at that time to to have this moment with woofy and then like the first meeting goes so badly none of them come back so then the mayor comes back on his own to try and talk to woofy about trying this again because he really thinks it is going to be helpful for everybody to have one of these discussions again yeah and he's 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 like well if he's sitting there like well no one showed up i don't know if this is really gonna work obviously like we didn't listen they didn't listen all that stuff and the guy like just keeps insisting he's like no you came back like i know you are good i know like you don't want to hurt these these people and it shows and it gets to the the conversation gets to like well how do you know you weren't there that day and he Mm -hmm. goes actually i was there that day you might not recognize me now but you might recognize Mm -hmm. me in this hat and he puts on the yellow hat that the little boy had and it's just the biggest gut punch of like it's the little kid oh my god he survived he's so like he knew that woofy was here the whole time and is trying to like get through to to, to him to like be like hey i forgive you and there are people out there Mm. that want to have that same dialogue uh and it's just like man this is such a good story like this like i was not expecting that at all Uh, like i yeah Mm -hmm. and then he 
puts on the hat and i was just like oh my heart oh no (laughs) and he's he's been also trying to convince woofy to join to volunteer to join these these soldiers these kaiju soldiers who are fighting in this alien war he's like you're so big you're so strong i believe it you have it in you you could really help people a lot i think you could protect a lot of people and after woofy realizes this is little boy he grew up he's okay and he like banishes that like uh, the mental projection of the damaged, hateful little boy. There's another incredible series of panels that's just the the battleground from far away, and it keeps getting closer and cl- like you keep zooming into it at these high high speeds, and then it cuts out, and it's Woofy running so fast through to the battlefield to like fight for people again, again wonderful some incredible panel structure we get in these last couple volumes yeah yeah great stuff there's another really emotional moment i want to talk about where go for it this was set up a while ago where one of the prisoners in kaiju max was a big mountain and like that's the initial joke that's not part of the terrain that is a kaiju that is a living mountain and who doesn't talk, but can kind of like project images in your mind psychically. And we learned that that mountain straight up ate a dude and he's yep. still in there. <laughs> and so yeah. they pull out this like giant, like Ultraman sized skeleton of some former police officer. Warden King's like, we, we thought he was MIA. We never knew what happened to him. Well, I have to go tell his widow now. And then he goes up to space to the nebula of the eternal sunrise and he tells the widow like we we finally found out your husband died this is what happened and we see she's got like a little boy who's you know barely remembers his Mm. father and in this volume in that same sort of reconciliation program warden king brings uh this widow and this boy who's like a teenager now he he brings him to kind of talk with this volcano (laughs) with this living mountain the living mountain is going to be sent to the death row and the mountain just like projects the images of that death into the widow's mind and she flips out she's so furious at warden king like didn't you know that could have happened why'd you bring me down here this was terrible i never wanted to think about that why'd you put me in a situation where that could have been put in my head and the whole time this is happening the teenage son you just see these like text bubbles over his phone where he's like texting his friend like no, dude, I can't hang out today. Like, I got this dumb thing I have to do with my mom. He's like texting back and forth with his friend and his friend's like, hey, you've been out for a while. Are you doing OK? Yeah, my mom's upset about something. I don't know what it is. How are, how are you doing, dude? You want to come over to my house? I've got like a cool new ball we can play with. And while the teenage boy is texting his friend, the mom is like driving them home in their spaceship. And she's talking about these kaiju. And she's like, I know he's bad. I know he's bad all the way through. I know I'm not supposed to say this, that good people can come from anywhere. But I think some people, they're they just born bad. And it comes from their parents. It comes from their upbringing. Badness is in them and you can't ever get it out. And as the teenage boy is texting in the backseat to his friend and his friend's like, hey, dude, check out the cool new toy I got. And he sends a photo of him and it's the son of Go-Go Space Baby and Zon. Zon, yep. the worst character in this entire series, like the most bad dude. 
a baby who was born in the prison last volume and we saw it got adopted by some space couple. And now he's grown up and like just the cut to just him texting the photo to his friend. It's like, yeah, that just this like that innocent was... little toy. Like, look, I have a new right? baseball. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it it, it 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 was just a, a really, really great way to show the like to like the mom is saying one thing that's ending up to, like, OK, you're yeah. going down this like racist classist like thing that's happening here and just the the kid being the like typical teen like oh i don't want to be here like i think this is stupid mm-hmm. and boring and then it is this like counter example of of like here's the, like the scenario that the mom is desc- mm. desc- describing and the ki- ki- kid is just happy about a new 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 toy right yeah. new baseball he's the sweetest thing just uh, that's it like is not a bad right. bad guy yet yeah um, i i really like that juxtaposition again especially with these yeah. characters who are way out on the fringes of the story being brought in in these very minor ways and that's what can give you one of the strongest emotional punches like the story is so efficient at things like that and that character uh dina seven i think i think this is adopted child's name he ends up being a surprisingly large part of the final couple issues because this big alien battle they're fighting takes them to the realm of the eternal sunrise this neighborhood where he was adopted and that place is like at the center of time so all time is kind of overlapping each other so we see and in his birth mom go go space baby she gets sent and she volunteers to go into the war she gets sent there and she knows like i I know my son was adopted i think the parents lived somewhere around here i don't know if i'm ever going to see him again and because of this time loop that the, that area just lives in, this weird mm-hmm. singularity that exists permanently right. that everybody's aware of, like, oh, that's just what it's like to live in the nebula of the eternal sunrise. You know, you're all sorts of ages all the time. Like she sees her son at all different ages of his life, at all different milestones, having all sorts of different reactions to seeing her and realizing who she is and talking with her. There's like yeah, a whole... Her- I don't know if it's a whole for, issue, but there's a sizable amount of time spent on that story. Right. For for from her perspective, it's happening so fast. Yes. Whereas yes. to him, it's happening over decades. Um, whereas yeah. like he he gets to meet her. Uh, I forget when exactly how old he was when he meets her. I think it was like right as he was about to get married. Uh, like he like is the like first he time that he her- meets his mom yeah like oh right he sees she's her like, once I just, before and is like why are you staring at me uh and then she's like ah, nothing never mind i'll, I'll go mm-hmm. leave and there's no real confrontation mm-hmm. and then yeah the next t- time they see each other it's like 10 years down the road for him but it's like a, like an hour or two later for for yeah and he's 10 years older he's about to get married and he he's like wait like i I know who you are now. Like I, I looked up what my mom looked like. I have the photo. This is you here. Like I know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, I, they, they have their ups and downs still for the conversation of, of like, Hey, I don't want to talk to you. You, you abandoned me stuff like that. When 
she leaves and then they see each other again and she asks like how the how his wife is and he's already like it didn't work out like uh mm-hmm. all that stuff and she's so sorry and it's just she ends up being the one stable thing in his life yeah. despite not actually ever being there for for him that she is the one that took an interest asked how things were was trying to see him even though she really couldn't like he now is starting like because he's older he has that wisdom and that life experience to be like even if she wanted to she couldn't have been here like she she yeah. maybe made a choice that i don't like but it was the only choice that she could have made and mm-hmm. uh, like it, it, he he has some un, some understanding there and yeah it was just another like emotional like man i was not expecting all of these yeah. character j- journeys to end up in these great places um uh-huh and d- yeah i just bravo <laughs> right i and I love that that boy who like the the murdered officer's son, the surly son who's on the phone all day, like that is a relationship, like a friendship you see persist throughout those two characters lives. Like he's giving this really loving best man speech at that wedding. Right. Yeah. Like that is a, a true friendship for these characters. We've spent only a couple pages with. Yeah. And then like. Yeah, like you said, like she's the only like her just being around and the mechanism, like what all these kaiju are doing, these huge, huge stories high kaiju, they have to just pluck the spaceships out of the sky before they land. So they're just walking around this very posh neighborhood, smashing it, yeah. right? With these like satchels, and they're, they're just got to grab a UFO out of the sky or grab it where it's stuck in a tree and put Stick it in, in their the like bag. containment yeah. bag. So they're just around all the time. Like there's no actual warfare going around in this area. He just sees her around the same way you would see like a mail carrier or something. Yeah. And just over, yeah, over the years, as he sees her more and more and as his perspective shifts, as he grows older. Yeah, he has this amazing connection with her. And to her, it's like, this is the baby I only gave up a couple months ago. It's it's a really special issue. Uh, I like the time we spent there. I like that we got to see her talking to Mechazon. Like Zon mm-hmm. was her, her baby's father. And Mechazon is the Mecha version of that kaiju who was designed to fight him. Like, I like that even just for two pages, we had to see those characters kind of connect over having that strange thing in common. Mm-hmm. I like that this issue, that these final couple issues were these kaiju volunteer to leave the prison and go serve in this war we had to see them in like interesting different uh, combinations with each other yeah i do however want to get back to our main character non-main character yeah. electrogore here um electrogore mm-hmm. um because this is where i there was one thing that flat out confused me so at the end of volume four, Dr. Zhang, right, finally hits mm. the, the button yes! and goes down to a smaller oh. size. I was going to say, finally, you call her Dr. Zhang and not Nurse Zhang. Yeah, did, did Dr. Nurse, <laughs> Nurse Zhang. Uh, Doctor. <laughs> she went to 12 years of Kaiju Medical School. Dr. Nurse, help me out, please. Um, but uh, so that was the thing, like the emotional payoff of at the end of those v- volumes is that she finally gets unstuck. 
and like oh, she, right, she can go right. back down to size. Also, maybe like I, I guess I mean maybe I did at the time. It never really stood out to me that she was in a relationship with Electrogor's daughter. I know they struck up a friendship because yeah. they were like yeah. protecting one and the other yes. in this thing. I guess it didn't really hit me that they were like in a more romantic relationship so when we see her still as a giant like ultraman like figure in this romantic relationship i was like wait what what is happening yeah. here i i don't <laughs> did i miss something here so why like if she's now unstuck why is she still in the prison like wouldn't they put her in a different situation then like get her out of that I... suit I guess maybe she kept that a, a secret. A like secret? she was able to, I don't know. Like she shrank herself down. I don't remember this because I accidentally read too far ahead as discussed on previous yeah. episodes. So what you're talking about, I read like two months ago. I don't remember it that well, but I think she like was able to get herself unstuck and shrink back down to normal human size. But maybe it was like in the midst maybe of the battle the and then she was able yeah. to embiggen Im- herself again. And maybe that bond she forged with Torgax. And as we learn, like after being thrown in prison, she actually lost her medical license. She's, she's just Miss Zhang. And she now. has nothing uh, to go back to. Yeah. Right. right, Yeah. And, you know, we never had any reference to any sort of family or friends or anything she had on the outside. So maybe pretending to live as a giant Ultraman and living in the prison and, and dating Torgax is, is what she wants to do. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that being said, once a bunch of the kaiju volunteer to help in the war efforts and uh, Electra Grogor goes out there and hopes to find his daughter because he knows that she is also a fighter and will mm-hmm. want to help and, and stuff like that. Uh, ends up reuniting with his da- 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 daughter. It's a fantastic scene, mm-hmm. but also is just completely horror like horrified by the mm-hmm. fact that his daughter is now dating uh dr Zhang here uh because mm-hmm. he ha- he has history with her and all of this stuff and it's just like i don't like her i hate her but then mm-hmm. also has this very nice emotional moment at the end where it, it like at the end of the day he's he's like look i may not like you and that's Okay, like I'm an adult, I can move on and stuff like that. And she is wanting to like uh, be be apologetic and say sorry and make up for what she has done. But at the end of the day, he's just like, it's not me that you need to like fix stuff with. It's with my daughter. Like, take care of her. Um, yeah, and that was also just a a nice like ah, this is this is sweet. This is this is a real real good character journey here. Um, yeah, all of this, this just the the stuff that happened in volume one and two back in back mm-hmm. in the day there. So yeah, I I in, in, enjoyed this book a lot. I think there's a lot of j- just really surprisingly emotional stories. Uh, great great character journeys it's just an encyclopedic joy ride of like oh reference look at that easter egg they do this they do that thing yeah man there's so much i i i had a blast 
with this book. So, yeah, I think it it's very funny. Even if you don't get the joke, you can see that a joke is happening and you're like, wow, I know so much work went into whatever this reference is. I wish I knew. I wish like, we just have to wait for this the collected like third mega volume with the director's notes to come out. So we can have Xander Cannon's explanations for every little bit of detail that's packed into this thing. Because you know yeah. there's so much. Like every it, nothing is everything is so so thought out to like so many levels yeah. because it's all kaiju and everything's giant size. There's like not really any proper setting you can get off the shelf. Everything has extra thought put into it just to put it on this scale. Yeah, it might. The, the that third deluxe edition might be out. It might be available for you to buy. It's just as of mm. recording this uh, was not available on Comixology Unlimited. But like you said, that those fifth and sixth volumes were. So that was a huge help uh, for mm-hmm. us to just be like, we got to read these two. <laughs> Perfect. Very helpful. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. These, I really enjoyed these books and I really enjoyed that this was something we picked for the ongoing monthly series. Sticking this thing out through the end. It, it You're right. It matured. You could see just the escalation in in craftsmanship, in emotional mm-hmm. storytelling. We have really great ends to, to supporting characters as well. Like Daniel ascends to like a full goat god form, and then he's protecting yeah. Sharkmon. And when they, we spend a lot of time with the terror of Pago Pago, who's always just been one of those monsters who's around, and he gets a little bit the, more to do gets, in this book. And he you're gets like the very last right. panel in in the yes, whole book. Yes. Yeah. Right. And you realize as soon as the war starts and he volunteers, you're like, oh, no, we've spent enough time with the terror of Pago Pago. We're like, he's going to be the first one to die. And then he is. But he, right. He gets the final page in the book, which is under this narration of Electrogore talking about he's like giving an interview to a journalist about the sense of renewal and how like things will come back. You just keep going. You keep trying. You'll get a fresh right, start. Yeah. You'll get a reboot. And then, like, he emerges, and, like, he was, after he died in the war, he was given, like, a burial at sea, and then you see him emerging from the sea in a half, like, cyborg form as the yeah, protector, like, of, the protector Pago Pago. of Pago Pago. And then he he does finger guns and says, now that's what I'm talking about. Perfect ending. Right. And again, you'd never expect that's the character you end on. But after everything, it feels right. Absolutely. Um, so here's something that I also found interesting. Uh, there mm-hmm. in the back of volume six here, there is an interview with Xander Cannon yeah. that was published in this. And I really liked this question here because it's always interesting to see like what bits of the stories didn't make it in, like what other ideas did they yeah. have and not, uh, was not explored. Uh, so the question was, was there anything weird that you planned that didn't make it in? And uh, Xander a- a- answered, uh, sh- sure, Daniel was g- going to have some kind of bad luck power. Yeah, the, pr- the prison was originally going to use guards that had been kidnapped, j- drugged and brainwashed mm-hmm. for some reason and all of season one and two's content was originally going to be crammed into season one um there was going to be some kind of katakana 
and Hangul writing oh, the system yeah. for the cell crater numbers that I wisely de-emphasized. Um, there was go, 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 going to be more of a language barrier between the human and monster languages as well as a tiny roaring interpreter. Uh, oh, that, <laughs> that would have still been a good gag, but an exhausting thing to keep straight as the stories got longer and more complex. And yeah, I, I think that was wise to not put that in there. Cause even if like, cause I, I think that was one of my questions last time is like, how does everyone understand one another here exactly? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they speaking English? Are they not? Are they, cause they're all speaking different languages here right yeah uh, but yeah at the end of the day i just it's it's comics just have mm. fun just suspend your right. disbelief <laughs> it's it, yeah. yeah it's it's a good good big dumb fun story just have yeah mm-hmm. have a blast so there you go i enjoyed this book but i think that's kind of about it that i i that have is? for uh for kaiju max go check it out yes go check it out um cool let me see here if we have i don't think we have anything for bingo i just want to pull no. this up here uh hey, we all nope, have memorized nope, nope. what okay. our final squares are yeah uh okay so it is the last time that we had covered this so we always like to do our recommendations on the first and last of uh when we cover these end of the month uh, things here so melissa what else might you recommend to people if they enjoyed kaiju max i don't think i've ingested any new kaiju or prison related content since the last time we did this although i did just watch turning red and i don't want to really okay. spoil it too much but that is secretly a kaiju movie in the third act interesting interesting just, all right just know that just know okay. that uh, when the red pandas gets very, very big and smashes a Toronto landmark. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I mean, I, I think there was the obvious ones that we mentioned last time, the just different prison stories like Oz on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can even throw in different like crime st- st- stories and stuff like The Wire because each season yeah. of The Wire focuses on like the drug problem in a different perspective like here it is for politics or the schools or Mm. the prison or the the docks and the labor unions over here like they they each focus on a different aspect of of that and i think in the same way that this was kind of episodic of like here it is just in the main prison here it is in the women's prison here's death row here's uh what the guards do on the outside here's some of the gangs on the outs outside and what they do right there's there's st- stuff like that um i i would also recommend uh there's a manga called pluto uh which is a collaboration between osamu tezuka uh the creator of astro and one of my favorite manga cause uh naoki urasawa um and it is it's an alternate take on astro boy told from the perspective like of a side character huh. and it's also a crime noir 
which is really interesting. But it 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 like it focuses on all these like giant robots and stuff like that, and it is this like sci-fi murder mystery c- crime noir thing. It's 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 just a really interesting take, and I think in the same way that this story examined it examines the prison and just all aspects of that stuff. This is just, uh, but, but in like it examines that stuff, but through the lens of these giant monsters, I think it's just an mm-hmm. interesting way to like, what are other stories out there that you can examine from a different perspective? And it's just like, Oh, that like Astro boy has this completely yeah. like alternate t- take off on it that is, ends up being fantastic um i would also like to recommend one of my personal favorite comics um my favorite thing is monsters by emile ferris mm. um this is a, a book that i picked up in my comic book store and started to ch- check it out and immediately uh was like i need to talk about this book with someone because it is incredible uh and even some of the stories behind that book and how it was made and the troubles uh that the emil harris had to overcome to get that book published and made is incredible i'll spare you for right now but it is also a like monster like uh, this Young g- g- girl is so in love with like monster Maovis, the universal monster Maovis, that she, when she looks at herself in the mirror, she likens herself to the wolf man. And so all of these people in her life and the characters she meets, she kind of sees them as monsters in different ways. And and it it man, the artwork in that book is in fucking incredible it's all made with ballpoint pen uh and the, the mix of realism and this like cartoon caricature monster stuff that's in there is just fascinating it's surreal and it is it's a great like murder mystery uh thing ah. that happens in that one day i hope to bring that back here on the review show i did cover it on an old incarnation of a whatnots mm. podcast but somehow some way we need to cover that book again because it is just fantastic um, but that would be also one that i recommend because it, it is like some of these characters it's like oh this character is very obviously frankenstein he, he here right mm. like that that is who they look like and this one's the, the wolf man and this one's that one right um but yeah, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful tale. I know there was supposed to be a second part. I don't think it's been made yet. I don't know if there's been any movement on that. I think it was supposed to be out years ago, but I don't know what happened yeah. uh, with that. But that first book is still just incredible. So I highly recommend that. So those will be my nice. recommendations. Cool. I remember seeing that title going through the old episode archives but i don't think you've ever recommended it uh since we've been recording together that sounded fresh to me yeah i don't think i've really mentioned it all that much but it is a personal favorite of mine it's also one that i own physically i don't think it's on comiXology unlimited Mm. so that's why it's never really come up as like this is one of the ones we can read like if we do that either we'd have to 
buy it again on Comixology or you'd have to like find it in a library or buy your own copy and it's a big expensive book so it like oh yeah it'd be difficult difficult for us to do but somehow i'd love to do that 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 book down the road so there you go those are our recommendations uh so melissa i already kind of mentioned it earlier when we Mm. were doing housekeeping um but we already know what we're going to be doing for next week which is the muppets christmas carol uh which should be a lot of fun uh, we're starting to do our holiday themed pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this one, I think, a long time ago, but I don't. It was it's one of those things of just like, I don't really know all that much about Muppet stuff, but it'll be our <laughs> second time having Muppet content on the podcast this year. Very so close together. Pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very surprised you picked that one when you could have picked Batman. I could have. <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited for that that is what we will do this next week however i think you already know what we are going to be doing for uh our first end of the month special in the new year um yeah since we like to take off the like last week or two of Mm, the mm. like end of the year we don't do an end of the month special in december uh but we'll start back up in january Yeah, and we take turns nominating a new monthly ongoing series to each other because this is such a commitment. Like I I want it to I don't want it to be the same pitch structure we normally do for something we'll just do on one week. Like I want you to actively agree to like be part of this thing for four straight months. So I asked you, hey, I have an idea. Do you want to know what it is? And you were like, no, you can just go ahead and tell me what it is. Uh, Surprise me. I like to use this space for TV shows. I really feel like I need to catch up on that. I feel like I should see all of Uh, that's, that's my personal goal for these ongoing monthly series. I feel like I should watch that entire thing and not just season one of that thing for a weekly episode. And I know that unless I make it podcast content, I will never get around to watching the entire thing in my own time. And one of my biggest holes is sitcoms. I've seen like a couple episodes of most contemporary sitcoms and I haven't seen all of any of them. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to pitch a sitcom that felt like it was a manageable length and had enough depth and kind of mythology to it to be sure. a really interesting conversation every month. Like it was a show that definitely had an arc and it's been so highly praised uh, I I don't think you're going to disagree with this when I say I think our next series should be The Good Place. Amazing you said that because my my partner just today was like, I demand that we watch this like very soon here because um, I, I had made some comments that uh, I was like, I don't know the actor's name but i know he was in the good place uh, all of that stuff and i was like i i hadn't seen the the show she was like you haven't seen it oh my god like we need to watch it uh so yeah sounds good let's watch the good place okay i i hope i'm not throwing a wrench in any of your personal watching plans to tell you we're going to talk about this at the end of january (laughs) not at all 
That's good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, that is what we will do at the end of January then. So be on the lookout for yeah. that. And it's a four season show. I think the seasons are like 12 or 13 episodes each. So it's not it's way less of a time commitment than Fringe was at this time last yeah. year. I spent yeah. so much of the first part of last year on Fringe, which was a really rewarding experience. But I wanted something like a, a little lot, lighter yeah. than that. That wasn't going to be. 24 hour long TV episodes every month. Uh, and I think it's all on Netflix. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. I'm excited about that. Uh, but yeah, I think that is about it for this week. That's it for our coverage of Kaiju Max. Uh, so, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W I L K Y W I T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. I think, I forget if it's out now, it's either our last episode or our most, uh, our, our forthcoming episode, but we did uh, look back on Batman the Animated Series in memory of Kevin Conroy. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah, sad stuff that he passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah cool uh if you guys would like to find me i am at yo kyle springer on twitter and hive uh and if you guys would like and on co-host too uh and if you guys would like to f follow all the stuff we do here at the whatnots we are at the whatnots on twitter and hive and co-host all that good stuff uh if you're on the youtube version of this we got some more videos right over there for you all to check out uh, but this has been number 233 of the Whatnots Review Show. So we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.